Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Hard Hits Wrestling Podcast. I'm Hitzer. I'm Hardy. Uh, and this week, we are talking to a prominent Australian independent wrestler by the name of Wem Ben Bellows, aka Brother Bellows. Uh, say yeah. hi to our fans. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Hard Hits Podcast. It's Wem Ben Bellows, fresh from the AWE show in Johor Bahru. So he is literally just from across the causeway. He yep. just took a cab, he just crossed the bridge, and now we are in the residence of the Eurasian Dragon uh, interviewing Wemben Bellows. Yeah, and so wait, first question you have to ask him. Oh, definitely. Do you walk across the causeway? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes I did. Why do you walk across the causeway? <laughs> uh, well, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, myself and Aaron O'Malley arrived um, from the airport, and the guy that was picking us up couldn't enter Singapore due to the fact that even though he lives in Malaysia, he'd have to go to his home country and apply for a visa to come to oh, Singapore. Yes, yeah. oh, okay, so it's like, okay, 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 make okay. your own way across the borders. Only time I've done it before was on a sleeper bus stuck yeah, in, yeah, yeah. so I didn't think it'd be that hard. We go through the border and it's like, uh, which way to Johor? And they just keep pointing this way, this way. <laughs> okay. And keep walking, keep walking. You oh, we're on the bridge now. Uh, I guess we're walking. <laughs> I mean, it's a kilometre long. Oh, it's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good walk out of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So in case you all didn't know, we are actually joined by the Eurasian fam uh, the, the sorry, the Mighty Dragon family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. if you have listened to our last episode, you, you know that this was recorded right after. Right after. <laughs> Just pulling back the curtain a bit. Yeah. But I guys, we're in my house. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are still here a week later, you know, we haven't <laughs> left. <laughs> We've just been camping here, waiting for Brother Bellows to walk across. We, 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 had, a, we had a laughter track for Brother Bellows. <laughs> Alright, so... Um, for, a week late. <laughs> so for a lot of maybe our local listeners, maybe they aren't too familiar with the story of Brother Bellows. How did you get started in the world of uh, professional wrestling? started watching wrestling when I was probably 10 years old. Um, okay. Just fell in love with it right away. Yeah. Went to my first local show, which was Maximum Power Wrestling at the time in Adelaide, South Australia. Um, and from there, just followed the local scene and eventually, when I was 15, started training at Coldavani's Monster Factory. Wow, oh. but the, the transition from fan to, I can do this, I can make a living out of this, is, is a, it's a big one. Well, what makes you decide to pursue this as a, as a career? It's actually a really hard question to answer. Um, I just loved it so much I wanted to do it and I figured why not give it a shot. Fantastic. So um, tell us about your training. Well, we, you mentioned where you train. How long did you train before you, know, you first yeah, stepped into the ring? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I trained for two years before I had my first match. Okay. Yeah. Um, how, how was it like, you know, like learning the ropes and stuff like that? Uh, it was difficult, I'm not going to lie. It's, didn't necessarily come from an athletic background at the time and I was younger so it, was, it did take me a little while to pick up on a lot of things but stuck it out and yeah Fantastic. I ended up being the last student to come out of the Monster Factory oh wow so tell us about your recent show uh, yeah. in JB how did that go uh, the show in JB was good it was um, myself and Jonah Rock Team Australia okay. against Team China Gao Yuan and King of Man okay. and Managed to walk away with the win. Oh, nice! Much to the delight of the fans. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I mean, um, so you you've been doing the circuit for well over ten years now, eh? I'm yes. assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've been traveling around the world. I see that you've won titles all across Southeast Asia in Australia as well. What has your journey been like uh, traveling? You know, across all these different promotions and the different cultures and the different fans that you meet. Uh, it's been great, honestly. Like. The first time I wrestled overseas was more, I was there for a holiday and wanted to wrestle while I was there. Right, and then yeah. through that networking and meeting people and getting to know people in the local scene mm -hmm. and just branching out to yeah. different 
places and getting uh, bigger and better. Been lucky enough to wrestle in eight countries now. Cool. Um, I just love you go to another country and in the locker room you instantly have that common bond. So then, because you have something in common, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you get to live kind of more like the locals do, I suppose, to just a tourist and seeing the cosmopolitan side of things. That's awesome. Any interesting um, stories uh, from the road that we can talk about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, Kenneth has uh, given us, the Urian Dragon has told us to ask you about Jordan. Yes, <laughs> so that's we something were specifically that we wanted, asked, yeah. asked about this. <laughs> so yeah, please okay. tell us about Jordan. So in 2015, I uh, won the Middle Eastern title in Thailand. Uh-huh. and was then set to defend it in Jordan. The flights came through the day before I had to fly out, okay. so it was very uh, late notice, but managed to get over there and get picked up from the airport. One of the promoters was a guy named Dr. Wasfi. Uh, <laughs> he's showing me around town and he's telling me about you know, all the history and stuff and how that's built around seven mountains. I'm like, oh, cool, can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah sure, for it, yeah. Good. So, <laughs> we're driving and then he points out this house. He's like, and this house here, this is the house where my father lived when he first married my mother. Okay. Oh, cool, that's nice. <laughs> no! You do not understand! This is the house where my father first fucked my mother! Now I am Tommy Boy! <laughs> What? How did he become Tommy Boy from the past? I, I don't what? know. I think he's a big fan of the Chris Farley movie, but might have been a uh, translation issue in the Arabic version. Tommy Boy. So you saw the house where Dr. Wasby was conceived? Was conceived. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he, he felt the need to tell you this. Yeah. 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 What a weird man. Yeah. <laughs> Then uh, yeah. swam in the Dead Sea on the first night there, which That's was so really cool. cool. Well, floated because it's seventy percent salt, salt. And you have to hold your arms up, or they, yeah, oh, yeah. You have to hold them down, or they automatically float up. Mm -hmm. it's, um, that was an interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then day of the show, mm. uh, the guy I was wrestling obviously it was massive language barrier, but yeah, right. he was their local hero, and I was already the Middle East champion before having been there. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in the ring watching his entrance, he's come out from the top of the stadium uh -huh. and there's about at least 40 or 50 fans just following him down, circling around the ring with him. Wow, that was not expected. Yeah. And then there's no guardrails on this show either. Oh, wow. They had me, oh, important part of this story, they had me in a separate locker room to all the other wrestlers all day of the show. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So I didn't get to meet too many of the local wrestlers. That's okay. a bit weird. Yeah, and it was like a um, sports team locker room as well. Gotcha. So it's like there's a shower, it's a massive area with just me going stir crazy, pacing back and forth. In other than the referee who came in at one point and told me that I was the first international star to come over from Australia, and then uh, told me that when I'm out there. You must take this belt, summon its power, and use it to motivate you. <laughs> then the promoters kind of walked in and made him leave. <laughs> um, back to the match. Yeah. All the fans follow him to the ring. And I'm circling with the guy about to lock up. I mm. noticed there's one guy standing on the ring apron. Yeah. And very big man wearing a leather vest. Sort of looked like Ahmed Johnson in right. the 90s. Yeah. Okay. 
and then tell the referee to get him down. He's not budging, so I go over, you know, clapping my chest. Yeah. Really shitting myself that he's going to jump in the ring, but not letting him know that, of course. Right. Then he gets down, I lock up, and then I look at him in the corner of my eye, notice he's carrying a baseball bat. What? Whoa. So, I spend the whole match keeping an eye on him. <laughs> notice that he's leading a lot of the crowd cheers. Scary moments. Yeah. So, I'm thinking, you know, is it some kind of a gang he's the leader of? What is the situation <laughs> here? Uh, the match finishes. Unfortunately, I was defeated. But then all the fans were so happy their local hero won. They stormed the ring. Oh, wow. Boy. There's footage of it on YouTube. I'll show you guys after. And once they're all in the ring, uh, one guy pushed me. I've shoved him back and then just... I've looked at the referees, told me, run, run, run. So it's the fastest I've ever moved in my life. Oh, my God. But the problem was the referee led me down a different corridor than my locker room. So I figured it must lead around to where I was. Uh-huh. No, we get to a dead end and then I had to run back through the crowd to get to the locker room. And oh. this was kind of a hostile crowd? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to give context to the, to the viewers. Very to the viewers. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't mean like hostile and like a smarky way. No, we mean like hostile like in a hostile, hostile way. way. Yeah, I don't think they were... Uh, accustomed to professional wrestling <laughs> yeah. but they were very passionate and ah uh, that must have been scary I know we it love that there are places so in the world where K-Fib is not dead K-Fib is not dead not at all yeah. I know we, I mean we, we frequently hear stories on like other podcasts or where people go to like Puerto Rico and stuff you know and almost get stabbed and things like that but it's yeah. so difficult to imagine in 2018 or, or what, the era that we're living in now that you know stuff like that still happens uh, have you ever been back to Jordan since then? I haven't but <laughs> two more things I need to point out in that story yeah I'm getting changed backstage. One of the promoters is sitting next to me on the couch, the other one standing, and they've told me, I didn't see it, so I can't say for sure it's true, but they told me there's 17 armed policemen outside the locker room door. Do not leave, do not open the door for anyone. Don't let anyone in except us two, don't care who they are. Okay, and then I look over the other promoter and he's talking to the guy who was ringside with the baseball bat. So I think I'm fucked at this point. Right. So it's like, if it's got to happen, it's got to happen type thing. Kind of stand up in my underwear, mind you. And then he looks at me and he winks and blows me a kiss. What? The guy had the baseball bat. The guy, the guy that had the baseball bat. Okay. Then I look at him a little closer and notice he's wearing an elbow pads. Ah. He was a wrestler the whole time, but ah. because I wasn't in a different locker room, yeah, I had no idea. Nice ah, okay. It was a good the whole time. I don't know if it was, but if it was, it was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that, I think that's the craziest road story that we've ever heard on this podcast. Yeah. And also, speaking of... Kayfabe and those kind of things. After yeah. that, Dr. Wasfi, one of the event organizers, comes backstage and I, I'm speaking to him and I said, uh, so were you happy with my match tonight? And he's very angry. Of course I am not happy! Thinking, you know, yeah. Bernard Bridge wasn't happy with the performance. Then he says, you lost! <laughs> but do not feel bad. I know you will do better next time. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I that, love this guy. That, that is incredible. I really oh. want to meet Dr. Waspi now. I really do want to meet Dr. Yeah, Waspi. Yeah, I, I, I have, he has a video that introduced me to Dr. Waspi. Oh, Jesus. So, uh, uh, he randomly started video calling me 
six, seven, eight months after the event. Oh, you were in the mafia, right? And every now and then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd call me and he'd have a friend next to him and he'd just start telling me, I need you to get this man a passport. <laughs> I can't get anyone a passport. <laughs> I don't work for the immigration department. <laughs> and he'd send me photos of passports and he'd be like, get this man a visa. I'm like, I, I cannot get this man a visa. He says, just do your best. The best I can do is say, uh, try Googling how to get an Australian visa. That's then he says to me, do not lie to me, I know you're Australian Mafia. <laughs> so eventually I finally got sick enough of him constantly asking. So I uh, told him one time, I can't get anyone a passport and if you ask me again, I'm going to fuck all four of your wives. <laughs> so he thought you were in the Mafia. Yeah. Apparently so. How did he even get that idea? Yeah. I oh. don't know. And even if I was in the Mafia, how am I getting passports? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, that's a Mafia thing. <laughs> but there was one time when, when he said that uh, you have everything in life except for sex, that one you have nothing. <laughs> was that him or was that someone else? Uh, I think he said something like that. Something he said a lot of things that didn't yeah. make a lot of sense. Wow. Oh god. He'll, so he'll be a great interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> so is, is he Jordanian? Yes, yes. Okay, so this what's the promotion called? Uh, the promotion was Mana Wrestling Entertainment, MWE. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's a Jordanian-based uh, wrestling promotion. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Were you aware of like how long they've been around or anything? Else? Uh, I'd heard they've been around for at least a couple of years. I don't okay. know the specifics. Okay, I yeah. know not long after the event I did, they kind of had a split off and where there's now KWF Jordan and MWE. Mm. And oh. so I've spoke to both groups on, off and on about going back, but so far it hasn't eventuated. Nice. Okay. Didn't they say they want to make a statue for you or you are like their hero? In those many messages, or they, they're always proclaiming him to be a man of... Author of good morals! <laughs> they call him the yes, author of I'm the morals. author of good morals. Author of good morals. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is a catchy nickname. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that's incredible. But I mean, how did you get into contact with the Jordanian promotion in the, in the first place? Uh, came through wrestling in Thailand and oh. then oh. from there, yes. The Middle Eastern belt you were saying, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. No, not bad. The Middle Eastern belt being defended in Thailand, won by an Australian. Australian? Yeah. 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 Going the Middle East for the first time. Yeah. I've actually uh, won three titles in Thailand, and two of them were before I'd stepped into the country where I won them for. Oh. I won, later won the uh, Wrestle Square Intercontinental Championship yeah. from Bali and Aki yeah. in oh. Thailand. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, lost it back to him two days later. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of the shortest title reigns. For, for oh, but mine was shorter. Yeah, I his was shorter. Yeah, but you were disqualified, right? I uh, know, and then uh, there was an immediate rematch, and 15 minutes later in the second match, he won it back. Well, we still oh, corrected. That yeah, was the shortest title reigns. That was the shortest, <laughs> that was yeah. the shortest that was title, title reigns. So we both had this win-loss thing. We're half of the uh, intercontinental title history, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just you, me, and Balian Aki. I think it's just three of us. Yeah. Like, wow. Oh, wait, wait. The same RH also. Oh yeah, yeah he yeah, yeah, held yeah. the title for yeah, a while. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So like yeah. Four, yeah, we are half of the intercontinental title history. Oh my squares, god, so intercontinental. Yeah. The, the way that you described it, it felt like it hot potatoed a lot. But to know that there's only four champions. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 only four champions. I mean, I'm wrestling independently as an indie wrestler. I'm. It's it's. We are freelancers as well. So mm-hmm. I mean, we understand the the gig nature of the economy. Like, how do you go about making connections in the in the wrestling scene from when you started to where you are now? I mean, clearly that you've you come a long way since just wrestling in Adelaide. Again, it just comes down to 
working a show, you'll have other people come in from interstate or overseas and get talking to them. It'll be social. Yeah. Social media is a good tool as well. Yeah. Um, talking about the prominence of Australian wrestling. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like, especially over the last maybe five to seven years, Australian wrestling has really come onto the map. Not that it wasn't before, but really come into prominence uh, lately. Um, coming, you know, obviously as an Australian wrestler yourself, coming from that scene, have, have you noticed that spurt, at least at home? Like, definitely, a growth definitely. in popularity? There's, uh, yeah, definite growth in popularity and there's massive improvements all around in Australia. The Australian scene sort of died out towards the late 80s, early 90s, and yeah. then only restarted late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> at least particularly in South Australia and Western Australia, which Coldavani was responsible for... Uh, starting both promotions and training their guys there and I think the Southeast Asian scene sort of reminds me of where the Australian scene was a few years back in the same way where it's starting to hit that stride yeah. and things are definitely on the way up. Yeah. What, what do you attribute the rise of Australian wrestling to especially lately? I mean what was the spark or was there a particular star or was the culture just you know more ready to accept professional wrestling as, a, as an art form? I think the quality and talent's always been there. It uh, just seems to be getting more well-known these days and it's finally getting some of the attention it deserves. Yeah, I think a part of it, is at least coming from Singapore, because you know clearly we don't follow Australian wrestling day to day, most of the stars that we see have been picked up by the WWE, you know, your buddy Murphy's and Rarity's and, and, and stuff like that. The like. Mighty. Yeah, yeah, the mighty. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely. Um, I mean, like, do you ever consider, like, you know, maybe you want to, you know, go move to Orlando one day? Or you do your own international run? Yeah, you know. Getting to America? Uh, obviously, I would never say no to that, but yeah. for me, I kind of like the idea of being a pioneer and going to the new developing scenes, like, Myself and Dragon have been to four countries together for us. Yeah, we've now? wrestled together in four countries. So you yeah. But never in each other's home country. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you have never wrestled in Singapore? No, no. no oh. JV's is close. It's the closest, yeah. But pretty much Singapore. So you've done Thailand together? We've done Thailand, Nepal? we've done uh, Malaysia, we've done Nepal and India. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Actually, that's quite a diverse set of countries. Yeah. 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 It's, it's always um, a pretty fun. Uh, like, we were talking about the Wrestle Square title, right? Like, after the Wrestle Square show, he and I were on a 18 hour bus ride. They told us it was yeah. 8 hours, right? They're like, oh, it's just eight hours. It's it's nearby. Wow. It's nearby. Hey, it took it's eighteen hours. They, hours. They also didn't mention we'd be sharing a bed for that bus ride. Yeah, because it's a sleeper bus, and they put two of the biggest guys on the cart in this. Okay, apart from Anga, they put the two big guys yeah. on one like bed in that sleeper bus. So wait, you guys were on the same bed for eighteen hours. Yeah, which was yeah. upstairs and <laughs> made for maybe someone who was five ten at most. Yeah, so I barely fit in it and his legs were like cramped up. It's a big bit, it's a big bit. Oh. But it didn't tell us that we have to share the same big bit. Oh, yeah. But like, it, it was fine, we were... Uh, we got to eat at the rest stops and all that and we got to like see different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And there was one abandoned city full of monkeys, do you remember that? Yeah. The monkey city, like it was just like ruins of a, uh, an old city and then just monkeys that like, rushed by to see like the... the vehicles that pass. Very interesting. Fascinating. And the 18 hours didn't feel that long because like mm. Bellows is one of my best friends in the business and all mm-hmm. that so we were just like laughing and talking nonsense throughout the whole journey. And we kept asking the promoter who was just like a few bits away like Vince, uh, how much longer? And he was like, uh, one more hour, two more hours, <laughs> reaching soon. Then we're like, no, we're not. it's like 12 hours and we're still in the bed. Uh, I'm just around the corner, <laughs> next city. We did have the option of paying $40 for a flight 
to avoid this 18 hour yeah, bus ride but yeah but, but we ended no. up like, <laughs> like they, they paid for us a much lesser amount we took an 18 hour f- ride instead of a how many hours? It would have been, I think an hour, an hour or <laughs> I guess it's yeah. 40 bucks though I mean, exactly. it is, exactly. I mean, you guys were in Nepal. I mean, it's a mountainous uh, region. No, I think right? this was India. Oh, this is India. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In Nepal, we took a, a plane interstate. They flew us from oh, okay, uh, Kathmandu to Itari, and Itari back to Kathmandu. And that was beautiful. Mm. That was like, you see the mountains, and you see yeah, the areas. Yeah. I think two-thirds of that plane would have been wrestling with people. Yeah, involved that, in that and show. the plane was yeah. like, almost the entire crew and cast of the show. Oh, wow. So it was very nice, yeah. Itari was, was very barren, huh? Yeah. Like nothing there at all after a certain time. Like it's so rural. And then they, they called it a developing uh city and then he and I were like, developing it seems like people <laughs> forgot about doing any work here. We did have a lot of fun though. Oh, yeah, yeah, we had a great time in, in Nepal, yeah. I mean you get to see different parts of the world and Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of, of pro wrestling. Very mm. grateful for that. And then you meet friends who you wouldn't Otherwise, meet if, if you are not like working the same show and all that. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you tell them about when we met? Oh, yeah. So, how did you guys? Yeah, how do you guys meet? Uh, we we met at, at one of those uh, Thailand shows for KWF. So uh, the first day we met, uh, I I was flying in with uh, Lady Killer and his girlfriend Eileen. Uh, so we met him at the airport. He was with the promoter already. We got into the same car. Mm-hmm. We we're just chatting about stuff. Uh, Turns out we clicked pretty well. Mm. And then the first thing we wanted to do in Thailand was to uh, go for massages. I, I did have a match before then. Oh, he did have a match, yeah. Cause there, there was less than two hours after getting off the plane. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a three-day event. Yeah. But um, some of us were just booked for like Saturday, Sunday. He was booked for the Wednesday or yeah. Thursday wow. one. I, do, I, do not I think know it was Thursday. Thursday, yes. Yeah, so, so he did the Thursday match. So, so you got off the plane and two hours later you are wrestling? In yes. a four-way match with only one person who I'd met before. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So talk about short notice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so we uh we went to go for uh, Thai massages that night. Mm-hmm. And then the difference uh, was like night <laughs> and day, how how they treated me and how they treated me. <laughs> oh, so, so, first so, we went in uh, tell how they put us in the same room. Yeah, so they've kind of let us through we've just asked for body massage. I think uh Lady Killer was oh, getting, he was foot massage. Yeah, they were maybe, getting foot yeah. massage. They've kind of led us through the shop, taken us down a left, opened up what was almost like a garage door. Then they had the beds on the ground with the dividing curtains that go between them. Except they've laid us down and they, they didn't, didn't put up the curtain in the middle. So we were just lying side by side and this is the first day we know each other. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so we're getting a massage next to each other. And we just wanted legitimate massages, let me make that perfectly clear. Okay. <laughs> However, my masseuse had other ideas and kept asking while he was just getting a clean massage. Yeah, I was next to him and I, and I had to watch the entire <laughs> uh, asking process. Oh, you wow. share some sound bites of watching. Um, what was there? Where you come from? Australia? You have girlfriend? Yes. Thailand girlfriend? No, I be Thailand hey, girlfriend. Oh. Where's your hotel? I come with you after. No. <laughs> um, so she's massaging. What kind of massage you want? Just regular massage. Happy? No, just regular. <laughs> and at one point, she finally became that desperate, I guess, to kind of win. She's ended up tapping me in a 
Sodenaria <laughs> saying, free, I do for free. <laughs> wow, and now, you were next to him. Yes, he was directly like, next to me with no curtain. Wow. So, <laughs> not that I was going to say yes anyway, but I've just met this guy. If I did take him up on that extra, there's nothing between us. That's, that's really way too awkward. <laughs> so that's how you all met. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was our first day of friendship. Oh, well, well, I mean, uh, introduction. Uh, yeah. Well, didn't share them how you were perfect. She called, oh, what, yeah. What, and then she. Lines. Yeah, she was talking and she's like, You're perfect. Please let me come to your hotel. <laughs> and at one point, she'd given up on me and starts asking Eurasian Dragon just, while like, she's massaging me yeah, if he's interested. And I was like, no, no thanks. And then it was, uh, maybe I come to your hotel with both of you and one massage too. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> she was really, she she was really was, into like, into fulfilling it. like, yeah. yeah. extra duties. Damn. It feels above and beyond yeah. the Call of Duty. Yeah, right? the customer service was yeah. interesting. I, I'm sure there were other she patrons. She had a good sales pitch. Yeah, I'm sure other patrons <laughs> may have indulged and enjoyed it, but like, <laughs> it wasn't for Brother Bellows on that day. At least no. not with you by his side. Yeah, I think mean, yeah. the first time I met that they didn't draw the curtains. So like, I doubt they will be having this podcast if, let's say, that <laughs> 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 if we didn't go for the massage together, we might not be sitting here. Uh, then I remember just five days in patio on Thailand. Yeah. We'd be the last ones to go to sleep, first ones to wake up. Yeah. Six in the morning, we'd have something to eat, go for a swim in the beach. Yeah, that's what we did. Come back, morning, yeah. then go to the venue, do what we have to do, wrestle. And then uh, the last day, it was a big thunderstorm and we weren't going to rain. And then finally, I'm like, nah, I'm going to go in anyway. Yeah. We've done it every other day. So I'm running towards the water. And then all of a sudden, I see Kenneth running next to me like uh, Apollo and Rocky. And Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We started running towards the water. Because like, we didn't want to break our ritual. We called it a ritual. Every morning, we're the first to wake up and go for a swim. So, so we did that, and then you know, tell them about the veteran wrestler, the 60 plus year old wrestler. Claude Roca? Claude Roca from France. Yeah, I believe the oldest active professional wrestler. Yeah, wow. spoke no English. Yeah. Or if he did, he didn't let us he know. Was, he was on the same show. Right, he's French. Yeah. 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 So, so we did our Rocky Apollo run. And he's talking French to us loudly. Neither of us understand a word of it, but miming out the actions the whole time of like, holding up an umbrella and this really doesn't work for a podcast does it no no <laughs> basically uh, claude roca uh, spoke to us after and he was so excited over the fact that he and i ran through the rain because he was under one of those umbrellas right and he saw both of us running through the rain just to go for a swim and he was just very, very excited, excited about that i don't know why <laughs> maybe when you reach a certain age you know like just tiny bits of uh, enthusiasm shown by youngsters just really spurns you on in life. Maybe that was it? Yeah. yeah. Either four world crazy and gonna drown. Oh god, I mean since you've been, you have so many road stories, you've been around all over the world, like, what are some of the promotions that are your favourites to work for? Uh, my home promotion in Adelaide mm-hmm. at the moment is Wrestle Rampage. I've been training with them oh, since okay. I moved back from Malaysia at the start of March. Ah, okay. Um, the training is just fantastic. The yeah. shows are top notch. It's uh, been really great. Um, next show is February 2nd at the Port Adelaide Waterside Workers Hall for anyone listening in South Australia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And other than that, obviously Wrestle Square, Nepal Ring Wrestling Association. Well, ring Wrestling uh, was really fun. He won the, uh, he won the tournament. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> was that was it a one night tournament? Or? One, uh, they call matches tournaments instead oh. of match or bout. It's the first tournament. Gotcha. So. gotcha. They called the battle royal a group match. <laughs> so if you won the battle royal, right? Yeah. But I remember after the match when uh, they were awarding the medals to all the winners, which myself and Eurasian Dragon got medals, but Butcher, Butcher Man, Man did not. not. <laughs> Hi, Butcher Man. Poor Butcher Man. And we're standing in the ring. That two of the local rappers were on the show as hosts. Uh-huh. Uh, Bullet Flow, who was the world's fastest rapper, okay. and Asia's fastest rapper. I'm not 100% no, sure man. on that now, yeah. but he also did record my new theme music. So oh, shout wow. out to Bullet Flow and Mr. Prince. So Bullet Flow is standing behind us, and someone on the microphone is calling out Mr. Prince to come to the ring. And myself and Eurasian Dragon are saying to each other quietly, Prince is here? Is he going through <laughs> Purple Rain? And Bullet Flow just loses it with laughter. And uh, one of the local wrestlers had to politely but very firmly remind us that we're still on live television. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this was Dish TV, right? Uh, yes, Dish TV yeah. in the pool. Remember what the ratings were, Dragon? Wow, the ratings were like. It's one of the highest rated shows. The largest, in the largest by a. By a few times over from in the Nepal, second. right? Yeah. yeah, for 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 the weekend, yeah, it was the highest rated one. Then the show went off the air live with us making a Prince joke. Yeah, yeah, he was just telling <laughs> us. Yeah. Holy shit! Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, I mean, what is wrestling in Australia like? Your home promotion, you know, like, uh, is it new? How is it growing? This this particular wrestling rampage promotion. Yeah, I believe Wrestle Rampage has yeah. been around since about two thousand and six, if I'm not mistaken. Around the same time that you started wrestling. Uh yes, it was started by Hartley Jackson, yeah. who is now a trainer for the WWE Performance Center. Fantastic. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, wrestled all over the world. He was the first student trained by Cole Devaney. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I was actually with different promotions over the time. Okay. All think, in Adelaide or all? Uh, yes, all in Adelaide. Right. Um. And then November last year, I moved to Malaysia. And then when I came home, initially it was only going to be for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to train hard and get in shape. And then went training there. And then I ended up deciding to stay and just fell in love with the training and the atmosphere. And would definitely recommend it to anyone considering it. What prompted the move? The move to Malaysia, if you don't mind me asking. Um, just the fact that I was offered to come oh. and wrestle full time and live in another country, which. At the time, I was kind of burned out from life at home and wanted to change, so okay, decided to yeah take him up on it. And how long were you in Malaysia? Yeah, uh, four months. Four months. Four months. months. Okay, okay, okay. Originally, it was scheduled to be two years, but yeah, ended up cutting it a bit short. Now, I'll just come over for events. Okay. I mean, when you when you started wrestling, like who who were your heroes? Who do you look up to? Who do you want to be like? You know, who do you model yourself after? You know? The first time I started watching wrestling. My favorite wrestler was the Road Dog. Oh. Right up until I seen uh, rented old VHS tapes because Shawn Michaels had retired. I think March of that year at the time. Okay. Right. So when I rented old tapes and started watching matches of Shawn Michaels, then he instantly became my favorite, and Mick Foley was right up there as well. Road Dog is an interesting first. Uh, yeah, uh, it was just charismatic and had the promos and the braids. Um, I watched recently rewatched the. What I think is the first segment I ever seen, because mm-hmm. I only got WWF Superstars, so it wasn't the full Raw show. Yeah. But the clipped version of the matches, where it was Road Dog versus uh, Mankind for the Hardcore title, and the Rocks come out, giving Mankind a rock bottom. You know what I believe was a 
hockey penalty den on the concrete. Yeah, yeah. And right. then Road Dog didn't see this. He's got the win. And then after the match, mm-hmm. they've replayed the road play and Road Dog's seen it. He's really upset because, you know, he didn't want to win that yeah, way. Yeah. It was a hardcore match. They've beaten the shit out of each other. Yeah. I guess I kind of admired that attitude of, even though, you know, he wanted to beat the shit out of him, but he didn't want anyone else to do it for him, so he still felt cheated. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We, myself and Hardy, consider like Shawn Michaels to be like our our favorite professional wrestler. One of them, yeah. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. Um, is there anybody currently that you, uh, you're a huge fan of? I mean, across promotion. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be in the WWE. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Eurasian Dragon. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Yeah. Uh, Butcher Man is one of my favorite promo guys, in all honesty. Oh, Butcher Man is Butcher Man is very good, good, huh? Yeah, he's yeah. really eloquent. Yeah. Let's have a shout out to the Butcher Man. Wish you were here. Butcher. Next time, next time, yeah, yeah. Butcher and uh, Dr. Gore. Yeah. Oh, hell you yeah. You guys should, should definitely speak to them. The horrors are on our Teeny 19 hit list. We oh, are going to talk sure. to them. Yeah. Along with uh, Carl Heller and Carl Oh, definitely. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I, do, you, do you want to wrestle in SPW anytime soon? Uh, I would love to, yeah, but... You would love to. That's Ho- not up to me, so yeah. maybe one day. Yeah. Never Ho- hopefully never. this podcast will drive uh, <laughs> you know, more listeners to demand Brother Bellows to come down for SPW. We'd like to see that, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we would love to, to, to have Bellows down. Definitely. Why the dual names? Why, why is like a one moniker Wham Bam and one the other brother Bellows? So I've been using the name Wham Bam Bellows internationally yeah. mm. and it, oh, I was using it everywhere and we got a really good reaction the last time I was in Malaysia. Uh-huh. In Wrestle Rampage at the moment, uh, I'm following the truth Mike Boomer who has right. saved me by the almighty so I'm more into sort of like a cult type thing. Ah, sure. uh, Brother Bellows. Yeah, yeah. so it's uh. Brother Bellows. But when I came back over to Malaysia, I figured when it ben- worked really well last time, so I might as well keep the same name here. Alright, brand recognition. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um, we love like the cult type gimmicks, you know, like dating back to like the brood and then, you know, the ministry and I guess the Wyatt family and, and stuff like exactly, that. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting direction for your character to grow in. Like, it, it, has that been fun or would you prefer to like, you know, do something else? Uh, definitely. It's something I can sink my teeth into and I'm really enjoying it and praise the almighty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, where, where, can, where are you wrestling next and uh, where can people look you up? At this stage, my next confirmed match is February 2nd, again, at the Port Adelaide Waterside Workers Hall for okay. Wrestle Rampage. Mm-hmm. Look up WrestleRampage.com for more details, but if any promoters want to book me before then, I'm um, definitely interested. Email brother, sorry, email BellowsWrestling at gmail.com or look up Wham Bam, uh, Bellows Pro Wrestler on Facebook. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I started following uh, Bellows Wrestling yeah. on Facebook when I when learned that we were going to interview you. So yeah, uh, definitely check him out. Like, Brother Bellows, this has been like an incredibly fascinating interview. Really funny and interesting. Really cool road stories. Uh, yes. I mean, th- this is a road story themed interview yeah. and, and we, we, we definitely loved it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we hope to catch you back when you're in Singapore the next time. Oh, if you're in oh, Malaysia so too, oh, yeah, we might Malaysia. come down. We might come down. Yeah, exactly. Please do. Please we'll, do. We'll walk across the causeway as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, next stage. time I'm wrestling in Johor Bahru, I want to see all the fans with their signs marching over the causeway. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pull a sign. We walked over the causeway to see. Yeah. Uh, this has been a great interview. Thanks so much Thank for giving you so us your much, time. Yeah. No problem. Thank you for having me. All good. Uh, and this has been uh, Hard Hit Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back next week. Until uh, then. I'm Hardy. I'm Hitzer. Bye. And if you don't like that, wham, bam, don't give a damn. (laughs) See you guys.